0: Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib.
1: Good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Guybe with you once again on a cold, clear, beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest coming to you in December here toward the end of the year. And we're going back in today to Ephesians chapter 5 from where we left off last time. Ephesians 5, 11 through 20 is the text we'll be reading from today. The last two weeks we spent time on verse 11 about being the great exposure. And now we're going to get into a little bit different of a topic. I'm going to talk to you about a couple thoughts today today in this portion of scripture. Let's read the text here, Ephesians 5:11 to 20. Have nothing to do with the fruitless works or deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up sleeper, Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, or be very circumspect in how you walk, is another translation. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk to you a bit about living understandingly and living overflowingly. Living with understanding and living in overflow. So I titled it Living Understandingly and Living Overflowingly. To understand what the will of God is, you must understand who you are becoming, and that's more important than what you are doing. Let me say that again. So important. To understand what the will of God is that this verse talks about, it's more important to understand who you are becoming. More than what you are doing. Again, walking and understanding and overflow in the times we are living in, well, we do that by understanding the will of God, which has to do, like I said, more with knowing who you are in Christ, who you are in the Father, rather than what you are doing. When you know who you are in Jesus, who you are in God, the doing will take care of itself. In Scripture, walk is a symbol. Or metaphor for living out the Christian life. That is how we are to live and conduct our life on a day-to-day basis, because we walk all the time. Walk is, walking is a daily thing, so we live daily. You know, we're making that parallel. So, how we conduct ourselves as Christians, how we walk as Christians. Back in Ephesians 4, 17, Paul said, we do not want to walk or live as the non-converted or unconverted Gentiles do. and We've talked a lot about that. We talked about earlier, I believe, even in this text, about the contrast between light and darkness and how the Gentiles walk. We had episodes about putting off the old man and putting on the new. What true Christian walking before God is all about. To walk correctly, when we walk correctly, we put one foot in front of the other again and again. That's putting off and putting on, as I said in the one lesson, are putting on the good nature of God and putting off the old fleshly nature. Walking must is to be consistent and persistent. It's like I said, something you do every day. You know, you do it without thinking. And that is the way the Christian walk is to be. We walk consistently, persistently, day in and day out. Paul gave Practical examples, and we've been speaking about some of them in both chapter 4 and now chapter 5. Not getting drunk, not living in sexual sin or sexual immorality, not being greedy, not being licentious. Yet again, the summary of all this is not to be unwise, of course. The summary is found in verse 15, where it talks about walking—one version uses the word, I think the King James—circumspectly. Which means to walk carefully, which means to walk accurately. That's what circumspectly means. This is the summary of not walking after the flesh, and that's what this is all about. To walk carefully, to walk circumspectly is to see that we're not walking in the flesh. Again, how you walk is more important than where you walk. The where you are called to walk can sometimes be a dicey and hairy situation. Remember, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He must have been in a pretty hairy place when he wrote that. He was walking through the shadow of death, but he was fearing no evil. He wasn't worried about where he was walking because he was walking where God wanted him to be and God would take care of him. You know, I mean, some of these things are so rote. Walking is such a rote thing, we don't even think about it. I'm going to give two examples here. Back in 2006, I shattered my heel in a couple of places, and I spent the whole next year learning how to walk again. And there were some doctors that told me that I'd never walk again, but I proved them wrong, and I did walk again. And the thing about it is, it was very difficult, and still to this day, I have to really, most people, they don't even have to think about how they walk, it's just... They do it subconsciously. You don't even think about it. Like I'm out walking the dog every day. And I've had various friends tell me because my one foot, my right foot was shattered, that when I walk, I kind of points out to the right and I don't walk the right way. And I've had to train myself because then I have other problems like with my knee and hip that I'm not walking the right way. And I've had to really train myself to walk with my foot straight out, you know, And for other people, it's natural, but because I shattered my right heel, it's been a difficult thing. The other example I'll I'll give you is I'm in that season now with my 15 and a half year old granddaughter where she's learning how to drive. And we've been driving around my little town and other places for the last two months. And to be honest, she is a very, I think she's got a natural talent for driving, but you know, this grandfather here. He has to pay attention to how she's driving, to everything she does or doesn't do. And I'm remembering I've driven for 40-plus years, and it's such a rote, subconscious effort that I don't, like if I drive up to my little town three miles away to the store, sometimes I don't even remember the drive there. It's such a subconscious thing, and that can be scary. Remember another example. You know, so what I guess I'm trying to say is, you know, the walking, like the driving, it can be a very rote thing. And we have to be careful, though, as a Christian, how we walk. Remember the tightrope walker, Walenda? He was more, I saw a show on him in the last year where he was walking between two huge, tall buildings, I think, in New York City. And he was more concerned of how carefully he was walking as opposed to where he was going. And he was walking carefully, and he got to where he was going. But he wasn't real to really be able to walk safely at that height, on that thin of a wire. He had to be concerned with walking carefully, right? The key to all this as to how Christians should walk is found in two words I used for the title, like I said, walking with understanding and walking in overflow. Walking understandingly, walking overflowingly. Okay? To walk understandingly, or walk with understanding, involves us making wise use of one's time. That's what the verse says that we read here. If you go back up to the verse, it says there, Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil you know, and that's what walking, we're talking about walking wisely in our life. See then that you walk circumspectly with understanding or understandingly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 15, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That is, make wise use of the time. That's what he's talking about. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The rendering in the Greek language, the idea here is redeeming or buying up the time, making wise use of the time, and it's kind of a picture of how ladies in that culture would go to the market maybe once a week and buy up all the bargains while they still had time to do that before all the bargains were gone. And we ourselves as Christians today must buy up the time and make wise use of it before it's all wasted and gone. I think of the verse 1 Chronicles twelve thirty two, where it talks about the sons of Issachar, the tribe of Issachar. They were men that had understanding of the times and what Israel should do. They had an understanding of the times and what Israel should do. The word understanding in this passage in Chronicles comes from the Hebrew word bana, that means insight, and the root word of bana, which is ben means to distinguish or separate. Both of these words together, "bana" and its root bin, are used synonymously with various Old Testament words that mean wisdom. So walking with understanding or in understandingly in your life is walking in wisdom. If we want to determine where we should be going and how to get there, we must petition God in the spirit of the sons of Issachar, to add revelatory knowledge to our understanding of the times to show us the future so we might prepare to live and minister responsibly in it. Isn't that a, an important word? We must know and have a, a wise idea of the times we're living in so we know how to live responsibly and minister in the right way in the time that we're living in. I think that's so important. I think that so applies again With what we see in 2020 here, in 2021, the election uncertainty, the uh, COVID-19, the racial riots, the unemployment, the general unrest in the world that we haven't experienced before. We need to know how to walk in a wise way in this environment, do we not? Let's go on. Why do we need to learn to do this? I just mentioned it because in this backdrop here, backdrop of the situation here, just like with Ephesus, it's a parallel. We've been talking about that in the last episodes too, about the parallel about they were in evil times being under the Roman Empire, but even in December 2020 today, the time we are now in, we find the same things going on. Again, I talked about the riots and the election upheaval and all those things. It just seems as though evil is on the rise as never before, and that's coming to the forefront. And you know, when we are in a time like this, that is when the opportunity is real, this is when the opportunity for us to really let our light shine, and like we talked about in the two previous podcasts, to really expose darkness, to really be the great exposure, we have an opportunity as never before. The Chinese, when they looked at the word opportunity the way they define it, It has to both do with, or I should say danger, their word for danger, means both something that's perilous, but something that has opportunity in it as well. You know, no risk, no reward. You've heard that before. Evil times create righteous opportunities as never before. And I talked about, we talked about the great exposure. We talked about as things get darker and darker, the light of God in us his portrait, in us his masterpiece, will shine brighter and brighter to the church and to the world. Buy up the time. These are opportunities created for us in these evil times. So buy up the time. Get ready. Prepare yourself to shine brightly in these times. Many Christians look at this and say, oh, there's so many obstacles getting in the way with all these riots, with this election upheaval, with you know COVID-19, with the shortages they've seen at the stores this past year, even in my area in the fall, we had such terrible fires like we've never had in this area before. And we had to evacuate our home. It was a great obstacle to me. Our house was saved, and yet we had to leave for two or three days. And it just really put me in a spiral for a little bit. But, and that was an obstacle. But God brought us through that. Remember the passage in Zechariah 4, 6 that says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our might or power, but by his spirit. A lot of folks forget about verse 7 that says, What are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become a great plain. Shouts of grace, grace, grace. So he's shouting to the mountain. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. Grace, grace, grace. You can't stand mountain. Because of God's grace, because of God's empowerment, that mountain will come down. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew, If you have the faith and say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, it shall be done. Not by might or not by power, but by his spirit. Grace, 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 O mountain, You will fall. Some of you are facing mountains. Some of you are facing obstacles. No, it's by God's Spirit, by His power, that you can say, Grace, grace, grace. I have the power over this obstacle, over this mountain, and it will fall before me because I'm a favored son or daughter of God. Some of you feel, like I said, that you have obstacles that might be keeping you from walking and understanding and overflow. But God says you can speak to your mountain and see it leveled or cast into the sea. Again, I'll say, what are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, before Matt Gibe? before God's sons and daughters, who are you? You will fall because we are shouting and believing, grace, 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 the empowerment of God. Without trials, we could say there's no advancement. Without a testing, we don't know what we are made of, do we? How would you know of God's unlimited resources for you and how he's going to come to your rescue and aid unless you were tried and tested, unless you had obstacles that you needed to face? These times that we live in here in the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 are times of trial and testing, and God wants you to know that he's there for you. So we'll go on. Let's go on to the next one. Walk well, we've got another point here. Walk understandingly. We talked about this being tied into understanding the time that we now live in. We talked about the importance of making wise use of our days, of our time. So, what else do we need to do? By being aware of what God wants in every situation on a daily basis, that's what I say. What else do we need to do? Be aware of what God wants in every situation we are walking in on a daily basis, that's walking carefully, that's walking circumspectly, that's being aware, okay? I would ask, are you tuned in enough to God to be aware of what He desires with each situation? Whether you are with your family in your home, whether you're at your workplace, whether you're at the store getting groceries, are you in tune enough with God today to know what He wants? Do you walk with this kind of sensitivity day in and day out? 24-7? I know I fall short of that sometimes. Perhaps he wants you to go speak to that person with their grocery cart, that man that you see, or to the homeless person on the corner outside the store. We need to be tuned in enough to know what Abba desires in all situations. The Bible, Paul talked about in one of his epistles, In epistle, one of his epistles, of being instant in season and out. I'll tell you another story. One time several years ago, I had to go to the auto shop to get a part to fix my daughter's vehicle. And it was on a weekend afternoon. It was in the winter time when the days are short here. It was cold and kind of gray out. And it was, you know, not early in the day, but kind of getting on toward evening. And I had to rush off because I wanted to get this fixed for her. I think it was her headlight, actually, so she could get back to work and not have to worry. Because in the mornings, you know, it's dark. And once you come home from work, it's dark. And, you know, I was in the, in the auto parts store getting this part. And um, I saw a man outside the store that was out there working on his car a bit and just kind of puttering around. And I felt the spirit of God. Just impressed me that I needed to talk to him. And I thought, Lord, I got to get home and fix this car. I got to get home and fix this car. And uh, and I was kind of conflicted about that. And I finally got out of my car. I was ready to start the engine. And I just stopped, put the part down, got out of the car, went and talked to the man. And I had about a 30 minute conversation with him. And he had uh, been away from the Lord for quite a few years. And it was the holiday season again, too. And he was, you could tell he was very lonely and I was able to share the gospel with him and share the Lord with him. And uh, we were able to exchange phone numbers. And from that time on, we've, we had met several times, you know, he's since had given his life to the Lord. And then, uh, then he passed on, but what would have happened if I hadn't stopped to talk to him? Of course, when I got home, it was too dark to put the part in, but God helped us because the very next day, another person came over. It was very hard to get this light into my daughter's vehicle because the way they, they had an under so much things under the, uh, under the front of hood of the car to get to it. But I had a friend that knew more about it than I did, and we were able to get that part in a pretty timely manner the next day. So God helped us with that situation. And what would have happened if I would have rushed home? I'm only average mechanically. There's a good chance I would have not been able to take care of it anyway, but I'm so glad I listened to the Spirit nudge me to talk to that man. As I said earlier, God's not interested half as much in what you do as He is in who you are. The what you do will take care of itself when you are dialed into who you are. See, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I was dialed in that day to who I was. I was a son of God. I wasn't out there just to get a part or do some menial thing. I was out there to do my father's will, to do his bidding. My meat, like Jesus said, was to do the will of the father. And I must say, there's been times I've been out there and I haven't done that. And I failed, you know. As I said earlier, God's not interested half as much in what you do as he is in who you are. The doing will take care of itself when you are dialed into him as a favored son and daughter of God. How? By applying the principle of faith. Hebrews 11:6 6 talks about we walk by faith or, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, that's what faith is. Knowing that we serve that God, we can't maybe always see him th- with our eyes, but we know he's there by faith. Okay? So we walk with understanding or understandingly by knowing the times and the seasons. And we make wise use of our time, being sensitive to what God wants in every situation we find ourselves in. Therefore, it says, verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now let's talk about the next part of what I was talking about. Walk understandingly, walk overflowingly, or walk in overflow. We want to walk overflowingly. Or we want to walk a life in a life of overflow. That is what God is intending. Let's go to C verse 18. "Do not be drunk with wine." One version said, "Which is dissipation." And the version I read, the NIV said, "Debauchery, but be filled with the spirit." That phrase there in the Greek means "to be infused or overflowing with God's spirit. That's what God wants. He wants us to be overflowing with His Spirit. Do you know that's possible? And it's possible 24-7 to walk in an overflowing lifestyle? Walk in overflow? Right? Look at the contrast. The other contrast we talk about, dissipation, you know, with wine or being drunk like so many people are. But he's talking about the contrast is walking in overflow without limits, without control. Where you're overwhelmed, they're overwhelmed by the Spirit of God, okay? You know Christians or people can get drunk on a lot of things. You know, people can. We, that's what the Scriptures say, and don't be drunk. And he's referring to wine, but people can binge and get drunk on a lot of things. Sports, documentaries, books, other things that distract us from God, because drunkenness is just a form of somebody seeking to fulfill a need, or a lack in their life, you know? Get drunk on the Spirit of God. Get overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. He'll meet that need. You know, there's nothing wrong with sports, documentaries, books, all those things, unless you're using them to try to fulfill yourself completely, you know? Getting drunk with wine or anything else is like trying to fill up a need, bind up a wound in your life that needs to be saged or assaged, you know, massaged. TVs, movies, even eating are things that people can get drunk on. Don't be drunk in which there is debauchery or dissipation, but be in dissipation or overflow with the Spirit of God. Get your strength and stimulation, not from wine, television, relationships, sports, or eating, or books, but from God. If we would look at John 4 today, look at John 4, go read that about Jesus coming to the woman at the well, and she, he told her all about her life, you know, and that she'd had all these husbands. And Jesus gave her one key. She was so concerned, well, maybe we need to go over this mountain and worship, and maybe we need to do as our fathers did. And he gave her one key, and he told her that God was looking for people that would worship him in spirit and in truth. God is looking for people who will be overflowed, with His Spirit and His truth, you will find out who you are as you worship Him. Not as you go to this church or that church or over to that mountain or this. And when the light went on for that woman, she finally knew. You know, Jesus wasn't interested in all the outward things that she did. He was interested in her heart. And once her heart was transformed, just like I said, it wasn't how she walked, as important as who she was. And once she found out who she was, what did she do? She went and witnessed to the whole village. She became an evangelist, and many of them came to Jesus. Jesus will come to you in times of worship through his Spirit, through the water. She gave Jesus water, see? She was transformed in an instant. She wasn't worried about where to worship anymore. She now understood what Jesus had said because he had transformed her. Another passage that solidifies this is Jesus said in John 7, 37, 39, that on that last day, a great day of the feast that he was at, he stood up and he said, there will be living waters that flow out of you, not like tri- trickles and streams, but like uh, gushing forth from you. You know, the living water will flow out from you, John 7:37. 39 That he would provide the living water, it is that which refreshes and ministers to us. This living water, and then it overflows when we're deluged with a river of living water. You know, we're deluged, we're overflowing. And then it talks about at the end of this about us speaking to one another in this passage in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. This to me is a spontaneous tie in to being deluged or deluged or overwhelmed or overflowing with the Spirit of God. We begin to speak to one another, the saints of God, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We begin to edify each other. That's the overflow. That's living by the well that the woman was at. That's coming into the place in Psalm 1 where it talks about, you know, but his delight, the man of God's delight, is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night, and he will be like a tree, a plant planted by the rivers of living water. And from that place, you know, he will not wither, but the fruit will spring forth, right? Are you that tree by the living water being infused all the time? Hebrews 10, 25 talks about then encouraging each other. And we talked about here, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, encouraging one another will come out of that. We submit to one another in community, and then we overflow psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to each other. And then it says, Be thankful in all things, not necessarily for everything, all the negative things we see going on today, but in everything, in this season. Living in understanding and overflow is understanding who you are in Him as His favored Son and daughter of God. Again, it is not so much understanding what to do, but who you are in Him. Quit worrying about what to do. Quit worrying about that. Quit being a Martha, scurrying all around, wondering what to do, doing all these works of righteousness, which in themselves are good, but get in His presence and find out who you are. That's what you need to do. Let's walk today. Let's walk and be careful and circumspectly walk in these times in understanding and overflow. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for tuning in. To the Kingdom Corner podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes, Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website SignificanceAcademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.